Can we give it up for this wonderful lady that's taken over today? Best, best associate kids pastor in America. Hey guys, how are you doing today? Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning, church. Good morning. Yeah, so glad I'm here. Uh, it's a privilege and honor to bring the message to you today. Um, I knew Pastor Paul couldn't resist not getting up here, so... Uh, today we have our youth up here and my uh, teenagers, so if you see me giving any side glances, it's for them, not for you, don't worry. Um, but isn't it, isn't it amazing how many youth and how many teenagers and how many elementary and nursery age kids we have? Can we just give a clap to Jesus that we have a thriving church and a growing ministries? Just to let you know, I had a cabbage doll growing up, so I don't know if that makes me old or young, I'm not quite sure. But today my message, my title is Access. Will you give God access? I have three rhetorical questions. And if you work with kids, you know rhetorical means not to say the answer, but they're gonna say it anyways. My first question, if I were to ask, what are possessions you could not live without? So possessions you could not live without. You may say food, water, shelter, safety, my second question, what are possessions in your life you are not willing to get rid of? So possessions you are not willing to get rid of. Some of us in the room would say TV, PlayStation, my couch, that one's mine, phone, most of us are attached to our phone like it's a body part, fashion, maybe your house. My third question, what are things in your life you would give up if, if, it meant you grew closer to Jesus. What are things in your life you would give up if it meant you would go closer to Jesus? Today, we are going to look at the church of Laodicea. Pastor Paul preached on the church of Philadelphia, so the door has returned. It is here today. And the question remains, why was Jesus knocking on the door of the Laodicean church? So, I asked my students, why do doors exist? And these are the answers I've received. Some of them are pretty hilarious. My first one, they answered to enter a place. Second, to open up to other people. Third, to enter a new journey of life. Fourth, to get inside a warm house. Five, thanks to Stephen, to let the Domino's delivery man in. Six, to slam the door. Seven, to open a room. Eight, for breaking down and doing pull-ups, thanks to Stephen again. Nine, to allow people into your life. And one of my students is spiritual, or maybe is actually listening to the messages, because we always talk about opening a door to God. And 11 is my favorite, and they don't know I did this. So to take selfies, here you go, Andrew, this is for you. <laughs> that is our Guatemala mission strip right there. And uh, we didn't announce it, um, so our second service, applications were passed out. I encourage you to go on this trip, to give towards this trip. It is an amazing opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those that are less fortunate. So please sign up for the mission trip. It's going to be amazing. All the people that went can testify their lives were not the same. And now a lot of them are not only serving more, they're giving more because they see the need is greater than their own. So I encourage you, sign up. You can also do it on the website. Sorry to embarrass you guys. Uh, with a photo, but had to do it. So today we're going to talk about the church of Laodicea. So let me give you some history on where the Laodiceans are at. Laodicea was the wealthiest city of Perga during Roman times. This city laid on a great Asian trade route, and this ensured commercial prosperity, so they were very wealthy. It was leading in this banking center in the region. 
This city was so rich that an earthquake hit in AD 17, and they refused imperial help. They rebuilt the city all on their own with their own finances. They produced black wool, which they created black cloaks and carpets. Laodicea was home of a medical school, and this medical school created an eyewash, and they were very, very well known for this eyewash. Some scholars suggest that the letter to the Laodiceans that they were exposed position and easy wealth caused the growth in the community of that spirit to be not only compromised, but worldly mindliness. And these people were Christians. So if you can turn to your Bibles, we're going to jump right into the Word of God today. It's Revelations 3, either e-form or tree-form. It's found on pages 1130 in the Bibles in the pew or the chair in front of you now. Now John receives the prophecy for the seven churches in Asia in Revelations 1, 9 through 20. John's vision of Christ to the Laodiceans was the last church to receive a letter. Out of all the seven churches, Laodicea was the only one (laughs) that Jesus had nothing positive to say, nothing encouraging to say. And each letter to each church, when it was presented, they presented their letter, but then all the other churches' letters as well. So you can imagine that the Laodiceans were probably really embarrassed to have their letter presented to all the other churches. So we're going to start reading in Revelation 3, verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witnesses, the ruler of God's creation. Jesus is stating right off the bat that he has the authority. He is the origin of creation. He is the preeminent over all things. He embodies not only truth, but faithfulness. He is the one who guarantees and fulfills promises. It says he is the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of all creation. As Jesus is beginning this letter to the Laodiceans, he's stating right off the bat, this is who I am and you need to listen. I have a letter and I have a word for you. My first point today is are you hot or are you cold? Are you hot or are you cold? Reading verses 15 and 17, read along with me. I know your deeds, I, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich and I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize. You are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Are you hot or are you cold? The Laodiceans were neither hot, unsaved, or hostile, neither cold, alive, or vibrant. They were stuck in a lukewarm state. Are you hot or are you cold? The Lord desired either or, but they weren't. What's unique about this city that many people probably pass by when they read this passage is Laodiceans didn't have their own water supply. So Jesus is writing a metaphor that they would understand. The Laodiceans had their water piped in from Hyperus to Laodicea. By the time it reached the city, it was not only lukewarm, ew, 
It was contaminated by minerals. We all know when you have your coffee in the morning and you wait too long to drink it, it's lukewarm. Coffee lukewarm is not the same as hot coffee. So in the same way, Jesus is telling them lukewarmness is not okay. In between is not okay. Jesus rebukes the complacent church for not offering life or healing to its community. Let me read that again. Jesus rebukes the complacent church for not offering life or healing to its community. It was lukewarm enough to deceive people into thinking that it was a church. Wow, can you imagine? May we not be that church today that we're lukewarm enough that we deceive people that we are a church of God. The church was characterized, now listen to this very carefully, the church was characterized by pride, ignorance, self-efficiency, and complacency. Now, if we were to look at our church today, we're a pretty-looking good bunch, you know? On the outside, we look good. But if we were to look on the inside, what would we find? I myself love uh, detective or cop or criminal shows, and in these shows, they have this blue light, and the blue light helps you see what's beneath the surface, maybe a footprint or a fingerprint, and it's not, it's not seen by the naked eye. It's seen by a blue light. So go ahead and shine that for me, my friend. So if Jesus were to shine a blue light onto your heart today, what would Jesus find? Now, I know most of us have mornings or days. Just shine like that for me. Just like that, you mean? Per- hold it. Perfect. Thank you. Most of us have days that we have to fake it till we make it. And today, I would ask you, if you were not to fake it till you make it, you were real vulnerable and honest, what would Jesus find? We can put a smile on, we can put nice clothes on, but if we were to stop and to think, contemplate our own hearts, what would Jesus find? It's easy to hide. No matter where you sit in this church, if you want to hide, you can hide. But Jesus is asking you today, let's evaluate our hearts. Where are our hearts at? Is there pride is there self-efficiency? Is there complacency? Is there financial wealth? Is there unforgiveness? Is there brokenness? What would Jesus find? Jesus wants us to look at our hearts today and be honest. You know, honest. Where are we at? I ask you if you're hot or cold. Today I'm asking you, where's your heart at? If we were to shine this blue heart on my heart, the blue light on my heart, your heart, what would Jesus find? It's time, church. Fake it to you, make it only last you so long if you want to be a nominal American Christian. But today, Jesus doesn't want us to be just a nominal Christian. He wants us to be alive and vibrant and active Christian. What would Jesus find? One of my favorite verses is found in Joshua 24, 14 through 15. This verse was brought to me when I was very young, and I grabbed a hold of it. And I wish you would do the same today. This verse states this, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away your gods of your ancestors. Worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. But if your serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, 
Then choose for yourselves this day whom will you serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Anamites, in whose land you are living. This is the last phrase that I absolutely love. It says, but for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. For me and my house, I will serve the Lord. For me and my house, I will serve the Lord. This, this ending phrase, I held on to it so dearly growing up. When I was 15, I transitioned as churches. And my church that I was going to before it was a nominal church, and I would go to church and read my Bible and sing songs, and I would go home and live my life. But for the very first time, my friends invited me to a Pentecostal church. And that might not mean much to you guys, but a Pentecostal church, at this church, they were not only worshiping lively, they were praying lively, but they taught me that God can not only work in me, but through me. God can not only speak to me, but my friends and my neighbors. God is alive and active, and they would teach me that God can do miracles. He can do mighty things. So for the very first time at age 15, I was set ablaze. I was on fire for God, and this verse kept me going. It says, for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And I held on to this no matter what I faced. And I had friends in my Christian school, Christian school, friends in my Christian school, and I would tell them, what you're doing is a sin, and this is why. And my message probably was really harsh. I don't know if you know, but I'm a very energetic person, and uh, I've, God's tamed me over the years. But back then, I used to be very untamed, and I was up in people's faces because I was so excited for the first time. I knew God could do something great, and I was let my friends know. And some of my friends were in numerous different sins, and so I would go to one of them. I'm like, listen, what you're doing with your boyfriend? You can fill in the blanks. It's inappropriate. And I would read them scriptures, and they were like, this is what they told me. <laughs> well, one day, when you have a boyfriend, you'll sin like I do. I looked at them, and I would repeat this verse to them and say, no, because for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I will not put myself in a vulnerable position to sin like you did, because I serve the Lord, and God will guide my steps. Then I had other friends that would say, oh, when you're with these friends, you know, you probably smoke and drink and, you know, do drugs and all that kind of stuff. I said, no, because for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I will not put myself in that position to sin like you did, and you don't have to also. So I tell you that testimony because I know that every one of us has a negative person in our life or a negative situation or circumstance, and you can, just as I did at age 15, Hold the scripture true to your heart. For me and my house, I will serve the Lord. No matter what I face, what season I go through, I will serve the Lord. And that is something that is so instilled in me. It's in the depths of my very being. And today, God just wants you to hold it out like this. God wants you to grab onto it. Memorize this phrase. For me and my house, I will serve the Lord. No matter what I go through today, no matter what I go through tomorrow, I will serve the Lord. Will you give God access? God wants full access of your heart. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to hide. He doesn't want you to fake it till you make it. He wants you to hold on to these scriptures and say, for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Will you give God access? It's time to give God access. My first point today, are you hot, unstaved, or hostile, nor cold, or alive and vibrant in the Lord? My second point today was possessions. What possessions are in your life that you need to give up? It's time. It's time to give these things up so you can grow close to the Lord. They've been holding you back way too long. It's time. What possessions are in your life that you need to give up? 
We're going to read in verse 18. Follow along with me. I, can't, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. The three questions I asked you in the beginning of the message, the first were, if I were to ask you what possessions you could not live without. The second what are possessions in your life you're not willing to get rid of? The third question is, what are the things in your life, if you gave them up, meant you grow closer to Jesus? Jesus in this passage is referring to things that the Laodiceans were familiar with. The three things that Jesus is referring to in this passage were financial wealth, second was an extensive textile industry, and three was the famous eyewash. Jesus knew that the Laodiceans almost took these as their identity. They pushed Jesus out and held on to these things so tightly. And I really love this verse because Jesus also has a spiritual meaning in this verse. So if we look at the verse, it says, gold refined in the fire. Gold refined in the fire was righteousness from God, which was not bought by financial means, but through faith. Which tests in the fire resulted in praise, honor, and glory and the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gold refined fire. Do you have gold refined fire in your life? Righteousness does not bought by monetary, but only received through faith. White garments to wear so you can cover your shameful and nakedness. Jesus was referring to practical, everyday righteousness. So that when we live each and every day and everywhere we go, we will live a righteous life. Do you have white garments? May we each and every day put on these white garments of righteousness. The third thing referenced in this passage was salve to put on your eyes. Anoint your eyes to gain spiritual vision through the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. May we each and every day that we live not rely on our own eyes, the natural eye, but ask God, give me vision for today. Allow me to see clearly. Allow me to see like you see. Gold refined fire. Righteousness that's only received through faith, not bought. White garments to cover ourselves in everyday practical righteousness. Three, anoint your eyes so that you may see like Christ sees, not see through your natural eyes. I ask you again what possessions in your life are hindering your growth. What are things you're willing to give up to grow closer to God? It's time to not remain the same. It's time to leave this church today transformed by the gospel. What possessions in your life are you willing to give up to grow closer to God? Will you give God access today? God is asking you and asking you and has been asking you for a long time. Will you give him access? It's time. My first point today was, are you hot, unsaved, or hostile, or cold, alive, and vibrant? My second point today was possessions. What possessions are you willing to give up to grow closer to God? It's time to give some things up. It's time to sacrifice some things so your relationship with God can grow closer to him. My third point today is Jesus is knocking at your door. Revelations 3.19 says, those whom I love. 
I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. Will you let him in? For so long, God has been knocking on the door of your heart. He's trying to get your attention, but yet we still don't answer the door. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. He wants to know all parts of your heart. Maybe the ugly, maybe the broken, maybe the scarred, or the sacred parts of your heart. God wants unlimited access to your heart. Will you give God access? Will you open the door of your heart? It's time. But wait. If the Laodiceans were saved, the question remains, why was Jesus on the outside of the door? It's because through their pride, their wealth, their self-complacency, they had pushed Jesus out. And through those things, they said, you're not enough for me. I wonder today, my question remains, what are things in our life, we've allowed Jesus in, we said, yes, Jesus, I am saved. But what things in our life have we pushed Jesus out? It may be our pride, unforgiveness, maybe our brokenness, our self-complacency. And we said, Jesus, I can do it on my own. The Lord is asking you today, have you pushed him out? What is in our life that we've pushed Jesus out? Jesus wants unlimited access to your heart. He's saying, I'm standing here at the door and I'm knocking. He's knocking and he's being patient. Jesus is a respectful God. He won't kick down the door as much as I would like to kick down the door. Jesus won't do that. It's your choice. It's not your spouses, it's not your parents, it's not your relatives, it's not your friends for us. It's your choice. Will you allow Jesus in today? He wants unlimited access to your heart. So often we allow Jesus in once we open the door, we're like, hey, come on in, Jesus. Jesus wants an unlimited access tour. But we tell Jesus, you gotta wait here. We give him boundaries, right? I don't know about you, but I've had unexpected visitors. Unexpected visitors are the least thing you want, especially when you're not organized. At least give me a five-minute warning. I had friends come knock on my door, and I was like, who is at my door? I live alone. I'm like, there's nobody supposed to be at my door. And they're knocking, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, okay, I don't have a five-minute warning. So do I do the dishes? Like, I do I do the dishes, make my bed, hide my dirty, smelly laundry? Like, what do I do? So within this, I spent like 30 seconds. I'm like, well, I can't clean fast enough because they're knocking and they're knocking louder and louder and louder. And my neighbors are going to hear because they're making a ruckus. And there's like five strong men outside my door. And um, so I decided, well, they're here. So I'll answer the door. So I let them in to all my disorganization, my smelly clothes, my dirty laundry. I mean, my dirty laundry, my dirty dishes, my papers everywhere. My house was a hot mess. It was, everything was everywhere. And I let them in. I said, this is who I am. And in the same way, Jesus, if I were to let Jesus in, if you were to let Jesus in, unexpected visit, what would Jesus find? Now, Jesus, if I give you access to my heart, hmm, Jesus not only wants a portion, 
He wants the whole heart. But so often we tell Jesus, like we're the ones in control anyways, we tell Jesus, okay, you can have this portion right here, like this corner where I've dusted, I've cleaned real quick, you can have this portion. But Jesus isn't asking for a portion. Jesus is asking for full access. Growing up, my parents had a room to the side, and this room was the clean room. If anybody came, they would go to this room, and it was dusted, it was clean, it was organized, had the best couch, the best furniture. I'm sure many of us in the room have had a room like that, either with your growing up or with your house currently. You have a room just, just so. So if people come, you're like, okay, you can sit over here. It's all set, organized, clean, dusted. But Jesus doesn't want the clean, dusted portion of your heart that you're like, all right, in this piece. Jesus is asking today for full access. He doesn't just want a piece of your heart. He wants your whole heart. It, it's funny because when Jesus asks for the full portion of our heart, this is what we do. If we were honest, we're like, okay, God, here you go. You can have a piece of my heart, but here are the rules. Here's my manual. This is what you can do. This is how you can do it. And you know what? I'm, I'm self-efficient, so today I'm good. I'm just going to push you out. That's my manual. You laugh, but it's true, right? We tell God how he can move, how he can work. We give him parameters that we were never in position. We don't have that authority. God's the preeminent, the creator of all things, and yet we give him a rule book. This is how you can guide my life. This is how you can work in my life. God wants unlimited access. He doesn't want a rule book. He created us. But this is what we do. We not only give God a rule book and a manual, we say, 911, Jesus, I have an emergency, so I need you. But you know what? Actually, it's the next day, so I'm good now. Thank you. And we keep going back and forth like a 911 relationship. We read our Bible today because it's church, but then seven days later, until church comes again, we read our Bible again and we pray. God's not looking for a 911 surface relationship with Jesus, He's looking for an everyday, live and active relationship with Jesus. Are you willing to give God access today? Jesus wants to come into our hearts today. He doesn't want boundaries or guidelines. He wants full access. Here you go, God. Here's the ugly. Here's the broken. Here's the scarred parts of my heart. He wants full access. He doesn't want a 911 relationship. He wants an everyday, alive and active, vibrant relationship with him where you pray and you get on your knees and say, Oh, God, for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. For me and my house, I will serve the Lord. It's time, church. It's time to live a vibrant relationship with Jesus. This once in a while prayer, this every other day reading God's word, he wants you to be on your knees. He wants a live and a vibrant relationship with Jesus. It's time. We can't fake it till we make it. It's time to be vulnerable. It's time to be honest and real with not only yourself but with each other. It's time to live an ongoing relationship with Jesus. The new year is coming and the holidays are going to get crazy and busy. But I pray that 2020 would be the best year you've ever had with your relationship with Jesus. That you would declare, for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. No matter what I face today, no matter what I face tomorrow, I will live an ongoing relationship with Jesus. Because that's what we're called to do. The American nominal relationship is not real. Jesus wants a live, vibrant relationship with him. Will you give God access, full access of your heart, not just a portion. He wants full access. Will you give him access today? To give God access, you have to surrender. You have to trust him. To give him full access, you have to surrender. Are you willing to surrender all portions of your heart today? It takes trust. 
I know many of us, including myself, bad people that have broken our trust. It's true. Not everyone lives up to the expectations we have for them. But I'm telling you today, Jesus has never broken a promise. He stands true on all of his promises. He says, I am with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's time to surrender. It's time to trust him with everything that's inside of us. The last portion of this verse, verse 20. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I love this because this portion you might not know, but in the ancient times, having a meal with somebody was intimate. This was a moment where Jesus would eat with people, and it was intimacy. It was reconciliation. It was the broken bonds that were broken were restored. Jesus wants to have a meal with you today. Not a quick hors d'oeuvre. He wants to have a meal where he can sit across the table from you and say, my child, here I am. I'm ready to restore our relationship. But you, you have to open the door. Jesus wants to eat a meal with you and talk to you and have an ongoing day-to-day relationship with you. He wants to restore that intimacy when you were first called. A lot of us remember that first time where we accepted Jesus. He wants to restore that, that excitement, that joy, the peace, His Holy Spirit. He says, will you dine with me today? Will you give me full access? I am ready. I'm ready to reconcile a relationship. I'm ready to mend your wounds. I'm ready to move in you and through you. But all you have to do is give me access. The choice is yours. You can only answer the door. Not me, not your friends, not your spouse. It's an every day, opening the door more and more to Jesus. God wants full access. Will you give him full access? Psalms 145, 17 through 18 says this. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked will be destroyed. The Lord will answer. You just have to call on him. In all truth, he'll answer. He'll fulfill all the desires of your heart. He's just waiting for you to call on him. So many people ask me when I go to their homes, you know, Uh, Pastor Caitlin, I just don't know where to begin. Like, where do I read in my Bible? How do I grow my relationship with Jesus? Open up your lips and just say, God, here I am. Just start talking to him. It's time, church. It's time we start talking to Jesus and start listening. Jesus wants a live and active and thriving relationship. I love the psalmist. He makes it so simple. Just call on him. He'll answer. Maybe not in the way that you think he should, but he will answer. God is a faithful and true God. He will answer. Will you give God access today? God wants unlimited access of your heart. Will you give him access? The answer is up to you. My first point today was, are you hot, unsaved, or hostile? 
Or are you cold, alive, and vibrant with a relationship with Jesus? My second point today was possessions. What possessions in your life are you willing to give up to grow closer to God? My third point today was Jesus is knocking. It's up to you whether or not the door is answered. My fourth point today is take heed. Take heed. We're going to read it in uh, verses 21 through 22 in Revelations 3. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with, him, with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Take heed, meaning take this message. God is delivering a message to you today. Will you take this message? He is calling out to you. He's wakening you up. He's saying, take this message. Take heed. Listen. God wants a relationship with you. Will you give him access? Will you give him access? My first point today was, are you hot, unsaved, or hostile? My second point, are you alive and vibrant? But as for me, my house, I will serve the Lord. Is that your declaration today? Where do you stand? For me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Two, my second point, what are the possessions in your life you're willing to give up to grow closer to God? Gold refined in fire, righteousness that is instilled in our spirits. White clothes to wear so that every day, everywhere we go, we would have practical righteousness. Salve to put on the eyes so that we can spiritually see again. Spiritual vision. Three, Jesus is knocking on the door. Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he'll come in. Four was take heed, receive this message. Will you give God access today? Will you give God access today? Will you give God access today? It's time, church. It's time to evaluate our hearts, our spirits. Fake it to you, make it is no longer an option. God is calling out. He's saying, my beloved child, son and daughter, I want to have a relationship with you that's intimate. Will you dine with me today? Will you restore my relationship with me? He's here. He's standing at your door. He's knocking, and it's your choice. It's your choice whether or not you open it each and every day. I believe today if the Lord would write a love letter to the church of Lolaji, this is a letter that God would send you. My dear child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways, for you were made in my image. In me, you live and move and have your being. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb. I'm knocking on your door. I'm not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you. Simply because you are my child, 
and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you received comes from my hand, for I am your provider, and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love, for you are my treasured possession. Will you answer the door? I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. If you seek me with all your hearts, you will find me. Delight in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. Will you give me full access to your heart? I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you, and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. I have always been Father, and will always be Father. My question is, I'm knocking on your door. Will you answer? I'm waiting for you to answer. Will you give me full access? Love, your dad, almighty God. We did this skit to show you that there are so many things that distract us, so many things that hold us back. And Jesus is knocking on our door. The last verse we have for you today is found in Ezekiel 36, 26. The rock you received in the beginning, get that out. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will give you a heart of stone and I will get rid of a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Today, I don't know what you're going through. But Jesus wants to take the one thing in your life that's holding you back from relationship with him. What is your heart of stone? Is it bitterness, anger, frustration? loneliness, loss. God is ready and willing to take this heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. God wants to do mighty things in your life, but this one thing is holding you back. I don't know what that one thing is for you, but God knows. We can't hide it anymore. God is standing at the door and he is knocking and he's ready. He's ready to take this heart of stone. Will you give it to him? Will you give God full access today? My, our students have come, and they are leading the way, and they are going to share, and they're going to be honest and vulnerable with you and say, this is my heart of stone. I'm asking that you would do the same. After these students share, it will be time for you to give up your heart of stone. Will you give it up? So, um, my name is Lizzie Nett Santos, better known as Nettie, as most of you know. Um, so today, in my heart, I want to give up control because I want to draw closer to God. 
Control has always been something I have struggled with because I've gone through a lot. Um, as some of you may know, uh, recently this past August, I lost my abuela. Uh, the year before, I lost my abuelo. And I've always just been in this cycle of grief, and it's never stopped. I've been in multiple situations other than that where I didn't have control of what happened to me. I didn't have control of the outcome, and I didn't like that. So now all I do is control what I can, control what I want, and it's blocking me from moving on, and it's blocking me from my relationship with God. I want to give God more access, so I'm giving him the stone of control. Will you do this with me? My name is Jojo. In my heart, I want to give up laziness because I always do things last second instead of doing things when I have more time. I want to give God full access, so I'm giving him this stone of laziness. Will you do this with me? My name is Jolette. In my heart, I want to give up anger because I want to draw closer to God. Anger creates broken bonds with family and friends and sometimes God. I want to give God more access, so I am giving him this stone of anger. Will you do this with me? My name is Amy Muth. In my heart, I want to give up stress because I want to draw closer to God. Because I've been stressing over the little thing, and I want to give God more access, so I'm giving him the stone of stress. Will you do this with me? My name is Janet. In my heart, I want to give up anger because I want to draw closer to God. This year has been the hardest year of my life because I lost my gr both my grandmother and my dad um, early in the year. Um, it's really hard because I never thought I'd have to lose two people that I love the most and not have as much like time in between to grieve for them. Um, I lost my grandmother in January and my dad in March, and it still hurts because I miss them both very much, but I want to give God more access, so I'm giving him the stone of anger. Will you do this with me? Amen. Amen. If my, if my elders or board can come pray, my students are leading the way. They would like to pray with you just as they were vulnerable and honest. It's time, church. Your stone has got to go. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, it's time to give God full access. Will you give God access of your heart today? He's standing at the door and he is knocking and he is waiting. It's time to get rid of this stone. Whatever this stone is for you, anger, bitterness, loss, grief, whatever you're going, unforgiveness, whatever you're going through. Today is the day where you don't longer have to carry this burden with you. Today you can have a live and active relationship with Jesus, but first this thing has got to go. You gotta lay this to the cross. I'm gonna do a prayer and after that prayer, I want you to come forward and I want people to come forward today. It's time not to stay seated. It's time to move, church. It's time. I want you to come forward. If you wanna pray with one of these students or one of these elders, we encourage you, sometimes, we have to battle. If you need a battle and you need to get on your knees and you need to pray before you let go of the stone, that's what these people are here for. But if you want to just come up and lay the stone at the altar, you can. But it's time. It's time. Church, it's time to give God full access. 
It's time not to stay the same. It's time to leave this church alive, active, and vibrant with your relationship with Jesus. So when I pray, I want to see everybody getting up. And I want you to bring your stone to your th- your stone to the throne room, the altar. Pray with me. Dear Jesus, God, we want to give you full access. God, we're ready to surrender. We trust you. God, it is time to give you full access. God, we surrender it all to you. We are answering the door that the knock that you've been knocking for so long. God, we want to give you full access, but first we have to get rid of the stone. God, I pray you would reveal to us what show needs to go. God, I pray we have the courage, the umption of the Holy Ghost to give up this stone today. In Jesus' name, amen. If everyone can please stand, it's time to give up your stone.